Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. Let's get to it, shall we? There's a lot that went down today. Okay, here's what we're looking at right now. The, the 10-year-old girl story. That is what's driving the news cycle all day. and it, it pretty much drove the news cycle yesterday. We began the show last night talking about it. Uh, tonight, we're just going to start off talking about the 10-year-old girl story. You know, they, we discussed at length how this story came out about a 10-year-old girl in Ohio who was raped by uh, an adult and uh, who had to travel across state lines to Indiana. She was three days past the six-week heartbeat bill ban in the state of Ohio. Ten-year-old girl, had no idea she was pregnant. Three days past the six-week ban in the state of Ohio, had to go to Indiana, where they're trying to ban the procedure right now. And it's gotten so many headlines, and I'm thrilled about it. And I think Democrats and the left and much of the media is really, really milking this story really hard. And I'm here for it. It's amazing. This story of this poor girl is starting to finally wake people up to exactly the kind of hustle that's been run on us. The double talk and jive of the GOP will not work once the human toll of their fake Christian hubris comes home to roost. Right-wing media could have kept their mouth shut. They could have just not commented on the story of the 10-year-old girl, even after Joe Biden talked about it. They could have just kept their mouth shut. They won, right? Instead, no. They tried to make it seem like a hoax. I mean, the Wall Street Journal apologized yesterday for the language they used in describing the true story as a fanciful tale. Jim Jordan, he won't apologize. And, and what the Republicans did here with the way they handled this Brief story. They handed the group of Americans I call the rest of America, because, you know, there's, there's, there's two of us, right? There's Americans and there's Americans. I, sane Republicans are included in Americans, by the way. But the fascists, the people who respect Donald Trump as a person, yeah, they're the Americans. Um, you, you've got the, the, the Republicans and you've got the rest of America. Those are the two groups. This is an issue that will make headlines for years. Years from now, decades from now, when young people in university 
are studying the history of women's reproductive rights in this country, assuming we still have a country with universities, assuming we're still the dominant life form on the planet. I don't want to be hubristic myself. But years from now, students in university will study the repeal of Roe v. Wade, the reality TV clown landlord who facilitated this, and they will see that within a month, this horrific story, and by the way, 10-year-old girls are raped all the time. It doesn't usually make national news. This one did by a 27-year-old man who had raped her more than once. This is going to make headlines for years. This story will be in history books. The media and the left are going to be all over this story for weeks. MSNBC is, is wallowing. They're, they, are, they are dipping themselves in this story, and they should. This horrific tale of this child having to travel across state lines comes out. Republicans say, that's made up. The rapist is arrested. It is proved that the story is not made up. And what do they do? How do they respond today? They say, well, she's only 10, so that's not an abortion. Have you heard this yet? Strap yourselves in. This is how unprepared the Republican Party is to address what they've done with this decades-long incremental game of inches repeal of Roe v. Wade. They have no idea what's coming. They use this thing for votes. They use this thing for donations for decades. And they've never thought about what it's going to actually mean when you criminalize abortion, when you take a right away from women that their mothers and grandmothers enjoyed. So today in Congress, Eric Swalwell was um, questioning the CEO of Americans United for Life, Catherine Foster who believes that uh, this doesn't count because you see a 10-year-old rape victim who decides to end the pregnancy, well, that's not an abortion because we said so. You think I'm kidding? This is Congressman Eric Swalwell asking, would a 10-year-old girl choose to carry a baby? Coming years back, Mrs. Swalwell. Thank you, Ms. Foster. You think a 10-year-old would choose to carry? Um, uh, in, in the 10-year-old case, first of all, the Ohio... Wait, my question is... Would a 10-year-old choose to carry a baby? In the Ohio case, the, uh, the Ohio you, Attorney would a, would a General said that choose, abortion no, would have been justified. Focus on the question, please. Would a 10-year-old choose to carry a baby? Um, I, I, I cannot. Do you think a 10-year-old should choose to carry a baby? I, I believe it would probably impact her, her life. And so, therefore, it would fall under any exception and would not be an abortion. What? Wait. What? It would not be an abortion if a 10-year-old with her parents made the decision not to have a baby that was a result of a rape? If a 10-year-old became pregnant as a result of rape and it was uh, threatening her life, then that's not an abortion. So it would not fall what? under any abortion restriction in our nation. Ms. Warbelow, um, are you familiar with disinformation? Uh, yes, I am. Did you just hear some disinformation? Uh, yes, I heard some very significant disinformation. Why don't you tell me about uh, that? Yes, an, an abortion is a procedure. It's a medical procedure um, that individuals undergo for a wide range of circumstances, um, including uh, because they have been sexually assaulted, uh, raped in the case of the 10-year-old. Um, it doesn't matter whether or not um, there is a statutory exemption. It is still a medical procedure that is understood to be an abortion. Uh, beyond that, I think it's also important to note that there is no exception. Um, for the life or the health of the mother in the Ohio law. That's why that 10-year-old had to cross state lines in order to receive an abortion. Boom. There you go. Thank you, Swalwell. Show us how it's done. Guys, they're not ready for this. The Republican Party is not ready. They are the dog that caught the fleet of trucks. 
The general counsel for the anti-abortion group, National Right to Life. That's a man named Jim Bopp. He's done a lot of uh, crafting of legislation for various states to adopt for the day Roe gets overturned, right? He thinks the 10-year-old rape victim uh, should have had to carry the baby to term. I mean, he, he, he's, he told Politico that this legislation doesn't allow rape victims to get abortions. He said she would have had the baby, and as many women who have had babies as a result of rape, we would hope that she would understand the reason and ultimately the benefit of having the child. Friends, I will never do anything but praise any woman who is a victim of rape and chooses to have the child. Why not? She gets to make that choice. But I do not have any moral authority and no man on this earth and no governmental figure with a fancy title. Any man walking among us has the right to tell a woman, to tell a minor, to tell a couple's 10-year-old child, no. I have decided because of my misreading of the Bible, that the state will force you to carry and bear this child. Here's Amy Klobuchar. She got very emotional today when talking about this girl in Ohio. We should never settle for a situation where women in Minnesota have different rights than women in Missouri, or when women in Illinois have different rights than women in Texas. But with so many extreme Republicans racing to state capitals to be the first to take away women's rights, it's clear we must explicitly protect the right to travel to other states to access reproductive care. We don't have to imagine why this might matter. We don't need to conjure up hypotheticals. We already know what's happened. Think about the heartbreaking, enraging story about the 10-year-old girl in Ohio who had to go to Indiana to get an abortion after she was impregnated by her rapist. And when that story came out last week, some people doubted it. And now in clear print in the criminal complaint out of the state of Ohio, we saw yesterday that yes, this happened. This man raped a 10-year-old girl and she got pregnant and then she couldn't even get the care she needed at age 10 to get an abortion. She had to go across state lines to the state of Indiana just to get her care. Should the next little 10-year-old's right, or 12-year-old's right, or 14-year-old's right to get the care that she desperately needs be put in jeopardy? What about her mom? What about her doctor? Where will this end? And here's the thing. This story of this 10-year-old girl that we're going to be hearing about so much more, it's only the first major post-Roe horror story. A year from now, friends, we'll be talking about, tragically, sadly, Preventably, scores of tragic post-Roe abortion horror stories. Women denied rights. Women who had to do something to solve their problem now that safe legal abortion is not an option in their state. You know, abortion horror stories. And I'm not happy about this. I don't want to see this happen. But we need to be prepared for abortion horror stories to become as common as has stories about young white men who easily got AR-15s. And by the way, those stories are also very preventable. There's going to be abortion horror stories for the same reason there's going to be mass shootings. Right-wing people find it acceptable. Texas, Ken Paxton, 
their attorney general just sued the Biden administration over federal rules Biden just signed that require abortions to be provided in medical emergencies to save the life of a mother. This is how stupid they are, guys. This is how badly the right is playing this. This is the size of the gift they have given to Democrats if Democrats have the game to pick up this ball and run with it. They're, they're literally suing, saying you can't force us to not let women die. If a woman needs an abortion or she's going to die, it threatens the life of the mother. The White House has now said you have to save the mother's life. And Texas is suing Joe Biden, saying, fuck you. No, this is Texas. If there's a pregnant woman and she's going to die, by God, if we want to let her die, we'll let her die. <laughs> this is what every Republican running for every office has to be made to defend, guys. Ken Paxson's claiming the federal emergency care law that allows women to get abortions to save their lives would somehow require abortion on demand at every emer emergency room in America, which is essentially the same kind of cockamamie scheme Scott Walker tried to sell. This is the 28th lawsuit Ken Paxson has brought against Biden administration policies, by the way. Meanwhile, over in our Senate, Senator Catherine Cortez Masto, she joined a bunch of Democratic senators. They know that they can't codify Roe because we have these two Democrats who will not change the filibuster rule or do a carve out to protect women's rights. They know more women are going to die. They know more 10 year old girls are going to get raped and be forced by the state to bear their rapist children. They know more poor women are going to be forced by the state to have children they cannot afford. So Senator Catherine Cortez Mastro of Nevada and a few other senators, they tried to get consent to pass a bill that would stop states from punishing women who travel to other states where abortion is legal because, hey, it's legal over there. So I'm just going to go over there and do it since it's not legal here. And you can't punish me for doing that. It would also protect health care providers who provide abortions to out-of-state patients. And Republican Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma blocked the request to unanimously pass the bill seeking to protect interstate travel for abortion. Guys, think about how stupid the Republicans are. Think about how badly they're playing all of this. Blocked an attempt to ban states from outlawing women traveling to other states. Langford used this term abortion tourism after he blocked the right to travel bill. He said, hey, come to our state, stay in our hotels and have an abortion here. We'll have a package for you. Set that up to be able to do that. Well, yeah, they'll have to because it's illegal in your state, Jim. He blocked the bill. They were trying to use unanimous consent, which is a less formal kind of vote, but it has to be unanimous just to pass. And you do it for things like renaming, you know, post offices. One senator in the minority party, James Lankford, just said no. One senator in the minority party just said, no, you can't do that. Guys, they're idiots. I mean, if every Republican had to defend these choices, these policies, and it was all over the news, people would be showing up to vote. By the way, in 2010, James Langford testified to deposition. He thinks 13-year-old girls can consent to sex. Spoiler alert. Uh, if you're under 18, you cannot consent to sex. It is what we call our word. So, I mean, Democrats said, you know, hey, the right to travel for abortion is protected. I mean, think about what they're doing. Here's the headline. Republicans object to a bill that would protect pregnant women's right to travel freely from state to state. Guys, all hands on deck. Trump engaged in criminal acts to overturn the election. We're going to talk about it with Corey Brechneider later on tonight. We, we found out that he was doing witness tampering like last week, and he may have pulled it off. But the January 6th committee, they know he interfered with a witness. And see, this is the thing. 
Democrats are starting to get some game. They know he interfered with a witness, or they wouldn't have teased it. Liz Cheney wouldn't have ended the last hearing by announcing it. And after they teased it, they leaked it. And after they leaked it, they confirmed it. They know what they're doing. Right now, as we speak, the select committee is meeting with Nancy Pelosi. This late on a Thursday in the Capitol. This committee, guys, they're controlling the narrative. Trump is reacting. He's panicking. This is not lost season seven. They know what they're doing and how this story ends. And Trump is flipping out so much. He just told friend of the show, Olivia Nuzzi, that he might be announcing his run for president in the fall, in September. Think about how bad this will be for the Republicans. Think about this. If Trump runs, I mean, if, if they do great, then Trump owns the party. If Trump hurts them, then Trump's the weakest nominee in their history. Republicans are terrified that a pre-midterm announcement from Trump will totally play into the hands of the Democrats because Trump's not that popular. He's lost more support in his party than Biden has. And everyone talked about this New York Times poll that showed, oh, Biden only has one quarter of the country supporting him. Biden still beat Trump in every swing state in that poll. And the election's not for two years. When gas prices will be lower, they've gone down over 30 days in a row. Now Republicans are starting to get scared about losing control of the Senate in the midterms. The whole piece in Axios about that today. McConnell has been sounding this alarm for months, which was what I've been saying, that they're repeating Todd Akin, legitimate rape in 2012. They're nominating lunatics. I mean, they're hoping there'll be a red wave. But if you look at who they've nominated... Trumpism is eating the party of Lincoln because they're nominating a bunch of celebrity goobers, many of whom cannot be elected. Brian Kemp is the most legit of all of them. He's got a slight advantage over Stacey Abrams, right? Slight advantage. But look at Dr. Oz. He's getting creamed by John Fetterman. He's a carpetbagger. Snooki from from Jersey Shore just did a cameo ad about him today, and it's hilarious. In Arizona, Blake Masters, he's doing okay. In Missouri, they're terrified of Eric Greitens, terrified of his scandals, his abuse of women. In Georgia, they're terrified of Herschel Walker. And every Republican who's running for office has to be asked by reporters about Jim Bopp's insistence that 10-year-olds who survive rape should be forced to give birth. All hands on deck, guys. The timing is too good here. Every day, more is coming out. They broadcast a hearing. We all process it for days, and it seems like they know what they're doing. Steve Bannon's legal defenses are all evaporating. It's happening right when the hearings are being televised. They're showing, hey, we really are going to send people to jail for defying subpoenas. This all happened the day they leaked. They might subpoena Trump and Pence. What's going on? They're getting people to start testifying because they've timed it so that Steve Bannon's finding out he's really going to go to jail in the middle of the hearings. I mean, what is this timing? We got a few more weeks or months. Here's what we can do if you don't want to cooperate. And I'm like, how are Democrats pulling off a scheme like this? The plotting, the cunning, the treachery, the black heartedness of the operation. Well, because it's not just Democrats. Democrats had to go and get themselves a Cheney. And if you're going to try to do something evil, hire yourself a Cheney. In closing, uh, and then I want to get to your calls and get to Corey Breschneider. Um... Ivana Trump has died. She was 73. Uh, she was someone who, uh, of course, was the first wife of uh, someone who went on to become president. Um, look, I, I don't have much to say about Ivana Trump. I never met her. Um, Donald Trump and his team sent out an email announcing her death and adding a fundraising link 
to Trump's Save America PAC. I'm not joking. He is, I'm very saddened to inform all those that I loved her, of which there are many, uh, that Ivana Trump has passed away at her home in New York City. Um, and it's very sad she's gone. My condolences. May her memory be a blessing. May her children find comfort. May everyone who loved her find comfort. But Trump put this statement out, and below it was the button to click, Donate to Save America. He's grifting so hard that he took the death of the woman who he humiliated publicly and is trying to squeeze another buck out of his supporters over her death. Now, I don't know if you guys were around New York uh, 30 years ago, early 90s, but um, you might remember it. It made nationwide international headlines. I've never seen a man publicly humiliate the mother of his children on the level Donald Trump inflicted on Ivana Trump. Marla Maples, who was a very nice person, was his mistress and... and, and it wasn't enough that he was abandoning his wife. He wanted to humiliate her and took his girlfriend out to dinner every night to show her off while he was still married. It's something Giuliani tried to copy a decade and a half later. If you were in New York City back then, you remember how vile and disgusting Trump's treatment of this woman was. And you might remember how gracefully Ivana Trump handled it. So I would say she's gone off to a much better place, but that's exactly what I said back in 1990 when she got away from him. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. You know, when Corey Bretschneider goes away for a month, he picks the month when everything goes crazy. Welcome back, Professor. Glad to be back, and unbelievable how much has happened in, in the last month, and uh, glad to be back with you. Yeah, we missed you very much. Where were you and your family traveling? I gave a, 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 a keynote address at a, a conference on uh, hate speech in Genoa, uh, Italy, and then uh, my family and I, uh, we traveled throughout Italy and a little bit to Greece, uh, including to Rome, where we learned all about uh, the the fall of the Roman Republic. <laughs> so that, yeah, wow. That was at least on point, and uh, yeah, it was quite a trip. Yeah, I, I stayed here and watched Tucker Carlson and listened to hate speech, so I, I kind of feel close <laughs> to your experience. Um, okay. Professor, we know from these hearings, I want to I talk about the hearings first and then a bit about SCOTUS, because, boy, Supreme Court was yeah. busy when you were gone. Yes, but we know, that, <laughs> we, we know that the former host of Celebrity Apprentice engaged in criminal acts to overturn an election. And we know, because they teased it and they leaked it and they confirmed it, 
that Trump himself tried to call a member of the White House support staff who was talking to the select committee investigating January 6th. Um, This has been confirmed by multiple sources at CNN. The staffer that was called by Trump was not someone who regularly communicated with Trump. And it was someone who was very worried that Trump called them. And Trump called this former staffer after former aide Cassidy Hutchinson testified publicly to the committee something else that you got to miss while you were away. Uh, This staffer, whose name we don't know, was in a position to corroborate part of what Cassidy Hutchinson, who Trump called a liar, had said under oath, and then Trump called this person. So something's going down. All nine members of the committee right now as we speak are meeting in Nancy Pelosi's office. Let me just begin by saying, asking, what kind of criminal case is there at this point against Trump. Everyone wants to hear an indictment and wants Merrick Garland to do something. But what specific charges have demonstrably uh, been made feasible by these hearings? I think they're doing two things, uh, you know, and and to me, the whole uh, the hearings, some of which I saw before I left, but I I think I've caught up on on basically everything now. And when when you watch it all at once in the way that I have been, you really see this masterclass in uh, how to prosecute a criminal. And they're putting a narrative together, uh, to my mind, to, to push Garland into charging Trump with two crimes. I think that's the, the way I'd sum up the goal here, in addition to informing the American people, of course, about what happened, and to try to dig in to his poll numbers, some of which look like they might be moving at least a little bit in a way that, uh, that they haven't. Um, including within the Republican Party. But to my mind, to answer your question, it's really two charges. One is um, the uh, incitement to violence at the, uh, at, the, at the speech, at the ellipse, and knowing that there were uh, weapons in the crowd uh, and talking the way that he did shows really that this was speech directed at violence. The Supreme Court has a very uh, strict protection of free speech, uh, that includes even the right to, you know, advocate for revolution. But what you can't do is in the moment in, inside a crowd to, to violence. Now, he's gotten away with this in the past. You'll remember during the first campaign, um, he said, uh, you know, we used to treat protesters, That's right. you know, in a rough way. I'll pay Take them out of the stretcher. Get, get them out of here. Of course, remember all that. But what wound up happening is when he was, sued for the, de- the medical damages that, that resulted from this protester being beaten up, the Supreme Court said, well, he said, don't hurt him. So he asserted, he, as absurd as that is, that is what they said. And he, he, he knew how to play right at the edge. Now here, I think he's just way over it. And that's what the committee's shown, that this speech, and not just the speech, but the context of the wider actions really did show a president who incited that riot. And so yeah. he bears criminal responsibility for that act. Uh, the second thing, though, I think the deeper thing, I think that's the easy thing to bring a case about. The deeper thing that over time we're really seeing, and this latest round, I think, with the uh, Oath Keepers, with the connections to um, the Proud Boys, uh, and as we learn more about those connections, this case gets even stronger, is about criminal sedition. And there's been at least one case of someone convicted for criminal sedition. Well, it wasn't just a random thing that they were engaged in. When you combine the theory of John Eastman, the whacked out theory that the vice president could really just decertify uh, votes from the, the uh, 
during the, the, the what's supposed to be just the formality of the certification of the Electoral right. College, uh, when you combine that with the speech and with the plans and with the craziness from the cast of characters that he was dealing with, that is sedition in the modern sense, which is not about speaking out or it's not a free speech violation. It's about trying to overthrow the government. That is what he was involved in. And uh, I, I, I would like to see a case uh, brought against him for that. I think can, you know, can there's I more to about come, that one? but we're can, already seen it. Can I ask you about that? Because you, you, yeah. you talk about how Trump always manages to give himself some wiggle room, you know, yep. to give himself some plausible deniability. And I, I kind of feel like the incitement charge wouldn't stick because he pointedly said march peacefully at the end of his incitement. Right. He said, you got to fight like hell, fight like hell, fight like hell. You know what I mean? He loaded them up on on crank and then at the end yeah. said march peacefully i mean right. in it, previously we've talked about rather than you know it, it, i don't know if incitement is the crime but it, there's been talk about uh, conspiracy to obstruct congress a conspiracy mm-hmm. that goes far beyond just what happened at the capitol that day from the mm-hmm. the fake electoral certificates that eastman had and pressuring pence and you know they were all conspiring to obstruct congress which we've already seen some people charged with. Um, do you think it would be something along the lines of conspiracy to defraud the U.S. or conspiracy to obstruct Congress, uh, that those are charges that could stick? I think that's possible. And the more we learn, you know, con- conspiracy requires showing the link between, um, you know, what he was doing and what happened that day. And I think as more comes out of that, I think that is certainly a possibility. On the incitement, I guess I think that he, even though when it came to the um, election case that I described saying don't hurt him, got him out of it, and you're certainly right that that the things that he said about peaceful marches here could, you know, that would be part of his defense, certainly. I I think that he, 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 this is something he should be charged with. Why? Because of what we know about what he was saying and what he knew and, you know, if you use words to the effect, and I think this was actually what was wrong with the court opinion in, in, the, in the election case, too, if you're saying things with the intent of just covering your butt, which is right. what he's obviously doing, that shouldn't protect you. And the more that we know about the fact that he knew that that crowd was basically armed and he directed them to the Capitol, he told them that he would join them there, he started... Tweeting in the midst of the riot, as we've seen about Mike Pence, that, to my mind, is so far beyond the bounds of of even the very protective free speech that it that it is um, that it is incitement. So, uh, you know, it's a kind of simpler way to go in some way, an obstruction of Congress. uh, And and I think they could make that case. But, yes, these are you know, they're all it's it's one large narrative that shows that this guy was really trying to stop the election to to yeah. have a self coup and the various charges that we could bring some are specific statutes that are about the functioning of Congress. And definitely I agree with that. Uh, some are more serious um, uh, like sedition. And I think that, you know, and some are, are in some ways, you know, not about the specifics of overturning an election, but about the violence that resulted and so I think all right. of the above really is the way to go. And often when you bring a criminal case, you don't bring just one charge. You, you bring several. And that's true. Think what should happen here. So everyone is saying, what's Merrick Garland going to do? Should Merrick Garland uh, 
go ahead and, and indict him. Now, um, a couple of weeks ago, there was a op-ed by Jack Goldsmith, who was uh, assistant attorney general under George W. Bush in the New York Times, called Prosecute Trump, Put Yourself in Merrick Garland's Shoes. And I, I think that as frustrating as a headline like that is, it's the sort of thing that we need to ask ourselves. Yeah. What are the pressures, Corey, against Merrick Garland indicting Trump? I think one of the problems that, that even the question speaks to is that our current system is, is really messed up and more than messed up. It makes us vulnerable to the destruction of the system. And just to clarify what I mean, Merrick Garland, the attorney general, works for the president. He, he is responsive, I would say, at minimum, to pressures that are going to come from the White House. Now, at worst, under a Trump or a Nixon, you know, the attorney general is stymied in his ability to look into criminal wrongdoing, look at Trump's attempts to fire Mueller, right. um, look at his pressure on the Department of Justice, look at Nixon's firing, of course, of the prosecutor looking into his wrongdoing. Here the dynamic mm-hmm. is different, but it's a similar symptom, which is that I worry that Merrick Garland, like Biden, is concerned about the political fallout from indicting Correct. Uh, the president. And that's not something I think that we should be uh, thinking about is is the sort of partisan harm or, or, or benefit. And uh, a return, and we've talked about this before, but to the system of an independent prosecutor, that where it really is taken outside of the Department of Justice would go a long way to immunize from those concerns. I also think there's a kind of attitude among members of the Department of Justice, and I'm going to include Jack Goldsmith in that, too, that I'm really critical of, frankly, which is, look, the institutions held during Nixon, they held during Trump, but we really need our good people, ethical people in these positions and not to prosecute. So the decision, for instance, to pardon Ford is, to my mind, one of the worst moments in American history. It was done with a good motivation of moving the country right. forward. But it sent the message that Nixon was immune. From- Hello? <laughs> Do we have him, Nico? Do we just lose Corey? I'm so sorry. Thea, can you get Corey back? I'll tell you what, why don't we take our break right here? Let's take our double and uh, we'll get Corey during the break and get it back on the line. And um, we will be back in just a moment because I want to finish that and really quick ask the professor about Roe v. Wade before we get to your calls. Thank you so much, Nico. We'll be right back. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back with Corey Brettschneider. Corey, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened to our connection earlier. No worries. It could well have been my fault. <laughs> so uh, 
it's probably Donald Trump uh, not wanting us to get the message out about the danger of a system in which uh, the president can control the fate of his or her prosecution. Yeah, and I thank you for bringing up the whole parallel to to Ford and Nixon. But I'd be most remiss, sir, if I didn't ask you a bit about uh, how busy the Supreme Court decided to get once you went on vacation. It's, uh, you know, what we expected, I have to say. Some shock has been expressed, but this has been in the works, uh, really, from the time that certainly the Gorsuch and the Kavanaugh confirmations happened, it was it was happening. And so the shock, I don't understand uh, what we have to start worrying about, I think, and really speaking out about and acting against is the assault that's coming on other rights. And uh, we've talked many times about how the abortion right, the right to privacy is tied also to gay rights, for instance. And I could see an assault coming. Justice Thomas all but declared war on these other rights, uh, including the right to gay marriage. He and, did. Um, it's his court now, so let's get ready. Is that how, how it seems to you that that it is the Thomas court that, after all these years, the conservative majority is so large and his seniority is so depressingly prominent that it's really the Clarence Thomas court, not the John Roberts court? It's absolutely not John Roberts court anymore. It was for a time that was a philosophy. When he was the swing about, vote. Yeah, it was a philosophy about incremental change maybe in this direction but he was trying to slow it down he didn't want to get rid of roe he wanted to eviscerate it more slowly but retain the core right i think i mean if it was up to him that's how things would have gone but of course he joined this majority in recognition that he's not in charge anymore and uh i yeah i would put it at the extreme right wing uh you know it's in some ways justice scalia's court this is that's the person that outlined Good this point. vision that they're pursuing in a number of different areas, and this is just one of them. Uh, and, you know, as I, I said in the New York Times, I think that the agenda in abortion rights is more severe. This court isn't going to be happy, or at least Gorsuch, I'll, I'll say, in my opinion, Thomas, I'll say, in my opinion, with allowing states to decide. I think in the long term, this isn't coming next year or even maybe within five years, but it might within within seven or ten uh, the, the, to protect the fetus as a constitutional person. And you even see in the Alito opinion language that indicates that the fetus was regarded as a life. It's, if that's true, if the fetus is a constitutional person, then that means you cannot allow abortion because it would treat some lives differently than others. Gorsuch that's hinted right. at that in his dissertation. I think that's his long-term agenda here, a nationally court-imposed ban on abortion. It's it's really amazing to look at it and see that even though we had this opinion leaked well over a month in advance, we all knew it was coming. Uh, it seems that everyone was completely caught off guard. And by everyone, I mean the Biden White House. I mean the voting public and the Republican Party that has devoted 42 years of their existence to just this cause. I've been shocked, Professor, ever since at how the GOP just has no idea what it is they've done. Uh, I hope that there's going to be an uprising throughout the country that really says this this extreme right assault on liberty. And that is what it is. It's it's really eviscerating the word liberty in the Constitution, turning it into into little, if anything, um, that it's not going to stand. And there are things that we can do to fight back. Um, we can have most urgently a national protection of the right to an abortion. Now, why the Biden White House wasn't trying to codify the right to an abortion, codify Roe, 
well before this happened. I don't know. I mean, that, that's been one of my most frustrating experiences. That really should have been the focus. Now you have the filibuster, of course. But, but yeah, how could they? Them. I mean, there's there's literally yeah. no way this White House could do it. They're trying to do piecemeal, little bits by little bits. And I began the show talking about how just today it was Senator James Lankford, uh, mm-hmm. the mediocrity from uh, from the great state of Oklahoma, who put the kibosh on on a bill. Democrats are trying to get unanimous consent to just let pregnant women cross state lines. That mm. can't be done. Mm. Uh, I think there are ways. I mean, we could talk about them as, as they come. But, you know, let's look at the Republicans and what they've done over the years. We can take Please. a page from them. Uh, using Medicare funding, for instance, to, um, to, to ban any, anybody from receiving care. We could tie Medicare to the right to an abortion and par- perhaps use reconciliation to get it through. That would be one way to do it that wouldn't require um, uh, to, uh, overcoming the filibuster because reconciliation can be done through a budgetary process. We have to get creative. Uh, Indian proposals about using Native American reservations, for instance, to um, uh, provide services using the power of the national government. Uh, those are all proposals that are there. Um, certainly, using immediately. In spite of the Hyde, in spite of the Hyde Amendment, Professor. And I mean, like I, I yes. keep hearing this this theory put up, but how how would that work around the Hyde Amendment, where no federal the Hyde dollars Amendment can only be spent? Would take through rec- that's exactly what I'm talking about. Through the fifty percent, uh, right. the Hyde Amendment could be gotten rid of through the reconciliation process. You you don't need. Uh, to overcome the filibuster to do that. that, that uh, these are all things that could be done now. And so I don't know why <laughs> that hasn't been on the, on the agenda from the beginning. If I may, I think it hasn't been. If I may, I think it's not on the agenda because the lobbyists who own Senator Joe Manchin yeah. have not wanted it on the agenda. Yeah. And what yeah, the lobbyists true. who own Manchin want is the law of the land. Yeah, we should make him president. Just ask him what he wants. How about like he already $1 is dollars for West Virginia, and then he can go along with an actual Democratic agenda. <laughs> you know, whatever he wants. He, he already is president. <laughs> He's our worst he president since Putin. <laughs> oh, I just think uh, of our, our our three worst presidents, Corey, are Joe Manchin, Vladimir Putin, and Dick Cheney. In my lifetime, those three guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you should definitely let him move into the White House, that's for sure. And, and you know, whatever he wants, we'll, we'll give him and the, and the people of West Virginia. Here's another thing we can do that, that you know, I would like to see immediately, which is to um, you know, make it clear that that uh, medication that induces abortion is protected by the FDA and that no state can interfere with it and that any state that tried to would be violating federal law. Uh, that actually could be done, uh, you know, I think, through executive order. Uh, but, the, you know, they're looking into these things. I'm hearing about them. There's a lot of talk among scholars about how to do it, among practitioners. But I, I just am frustrated that there hasn't been more action. What made the right so successful, Hyde Amendment is a great example of this, is they looked for area after area, partial birth abortion, uh, where the federal government could aid states in trying to outlaw That's um, right. uh, abortion. And now we've got to do the same thing. We've got to get that creative and find ideas, find ways of, of pushing back. And certainly, uh, yeah, funds for people to travel out of state um, uh, I, I, I think, by the way, you don't need legislation to do that. Any attempt to stop women from doing that, I think, would be an unconstitutional violation of their right to travel. Corey, we're so grateful you're with us, and uh, thank you so much for just helping us. And we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with your calls. This is Progress. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. I'm John Fugel saying this is Series XM Progress. Y'all have been on hold for a very long time. This is the part where I thank you profusely. Ken in Virginia, you've been so patient. Thank you. Hey, John. Um, thanks for t- taking my call. Yes, sir. I, uh, I was listening to um, Dean Obadala earlier, and uh, he was he had this uh, young lady on there. She was talking about white Christian fundamentalism uh, taking over my, our country. And uh, I think she was saying that uh, for that, for uh, fascism to happen, you have to have three things aligned. That would be uh, government, religion, and racism, you know, all about tied together by white yeah. evangelicals. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm wondering, um, Merrick Garland, I was wondering if, if he's one of those white Christian evangelicals. Because I don't remember when <laughs> did, when he, was he, uh, I remember if he had a hearing for, for a review of uh, the Supreme Court or not. I think they review no. all that kind of stuff, don't they? Yeah, Merrick Garland. Uh, yeah, Mer- Merrick Garland never actually um, got an up or down vote at the Supreme Court. Uh, when Barack Obama nominated him, Mitch McConnell blocked the nomination, and I think for the only time in history, he wasn't even able to get an up or down vote. Uh, he is not, I can tell you categorically, an evangelical Christian. Um, Merrick Garland is Jewish. He comes from a family where he, he his family famously fled anti-Semitism and persecution. Um, and that is one of the reasons why he said coming into the job that combating white supremacists would be a priority for him. He's the uh, he's the fifth Jewish official in Joe Biden's cabinet. OK. Um, and by the way, it was Merrick Garland. It was Merrick Garland who directed the prosecution of the white supremacists who bombed the Oklahoma City Federal Building back in 1995. He plays it really slow and there's no leaks. Because uh, and I was what was I was thinking about after listening to that show was I was thinking maybe they have infiltrated our, you know, our government to the point where you know they're 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 in the leadership of the DOJ and the you know obviously they're the Supreme Court and you know all a lot of the other major you know sure. uh, Homeland Security all, you know I, was, I think they're already in control they're already I mean... in control of the country and we don't even know it. Look, I, we could talk about fascism all day and how much big money controls this country, but 
In this particular case, I think it's too early to say we've never in the history of the country prosecuted a former president before. My big thing is I don't really care if Trump gets prosecuted. That's my unpopular opinion. I don't care. I don't think Trump will ever be president again. I think Trump's going to go broke in his lifetime paying off defense attorneys. What I care about is that they don't get to do this again. I am much, much more worried about 2024 and some more adequate fascists than Trump had pulling a stunt like this off. Um, That's what I think these hearings are about. They're even more about the future than the past. But, well, I, I think that's part of the reason why he hasn't been prosecuted to this point already, because they're they're already in the ranks of the government, and uh, yeah, you know, and they, they always have been together. That, you know that what January six, it was the white evangelicals and the and the you know the right wing uh, you know uh, extremists yep. malicious. They all came together, you know, with the goal of continue white Christian rule in the, in the United States. I mean that was. Oh, I know it. Uh, these are the people I fight every day, and I fight them because uh, their Christian rule has nothing to do with the Bible uh, parts of Jesus. They're they're completely fraud. They're all fascism. I don't. I will never call them. I don't like. I don't like calling them evangelical. They're not Christian in any way. They fight against the teachings of the Nazarene and the Gospels. They use the word Christianity as like a, a cloak of virtue, um, and they're not. They're fascists. And they've always been on the side of power against the less fortunate. They have always. These are the people that were defending segregation. These are the people that were defending slavery. These are the Come on. These are the people who have been wrong about everything since this country was founded. If we were here 250 years ago, they'd be arguing that we have to stay loyal to the crown or, you know, like they've been wrong about everything. They're always going to be here with us. But I think that one of the things we have to do is label them properly. And if they're going to try and call themselves Christians, then even if you're an atheist, you've got to call them out because brother they are not yeah exactly right and you know i, I was what after listening to, i was listening to that show they were saying that you know the um actor john wayne he was he was like their warrior leader at the you know he wasn't uh sure. one of the evangelicals at the time but they took him on after the fact yeah he's so, a worship object you know, and john wayne by the way uh who was a very good actor uh he was also a white supremacist he, he, you know, uh, he really was. He he owned up to it in a Playboy magazine interview. At least he had the guts to own up to what he was. Um, and again, they admire this, you know, authoritarian, stupid yeah. version, this 20th century archetype of what a man is. And it's all about fear. It's all about weakness. It's all about mediocrity. And that's why they go for, you know, a clown like Donald Trump, because they need a leader to explain things like they're two year olds. They need a, I'm sorry, not a leader. They need a ruler to explain things like they're two-year-olds. Yeah. I got to run, Ken, but I thank you so much for the call. Let me get one more call in before the break. May I? Uh, Brian in Oregon, you've been so patient. Thank you. All right. Hi. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, a little knowledge goes is a dangerous thing. I, I just, um, I've got distracted. Um, thank you for instilling a little Christian knowledge into me. I was talking on... Uh, to uh, Josh Hawley's uh, voicemail yesterday, and I... Uh, <laughs> How'd that go? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the voicemail, the, luckily, nice, they don't talk back. But, um, okay. I uh, used your, uh, you know, accused him of not following the Nazarene and the fraud. This was after he was um, uh, uh, in a hearing. I heard a clip where he was basically uh, fomenting um, violence against trans people. And that's what the doctor called him out on. Correct. And the smug son of a bitch, he, uh, 
uh, and so I had to do something. So I called. Anyways, the, I I don't know who's running against that guy in Missouri, but I we should give that Democrat some money. I would. Um, <laughs> I would agree. That was pretty interesting hearings. Oh God, it's just obscene. And of course he was uh, trashing. What does he think he's doing? Trashing. Uh, trans people and i thought the woman was he doesn't doing think he's job. doing that he doesn't think he's doing that he is only trying to look trans people and trans children right now are the group that right-wing people get to shit on okay 20 yeah. years ago was muslims right right with muslims well, even, 20 years ago like uh, six years ago five years ago trump uh, six and five years ago was all illegals 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 you know yeah. i mean it was the communists oh. they, they've always got to find it was the gays for so long they've got to have some group they can just shit on and call themselves good christians and right now it is trans people whether they're children who just want to use a bathroom they're comfortable with or soldiers who want to risk their lives defending a country filled with smug white people who despise them. That's who they're going to pick on. And, and again, you're either punching up or you're punching down. Show me. Show me where the Republicans actually punch up in the name of actual citizens. Oh, I'm not talking about they fetuses. They do any of that punching up. Nothing. All they do, the only, the only vulnerable group they care about are people who aren't even people yet. Oh, exactly. And, uh, uh, John, um, I, last night, I learned, I, all of a sudden, I was going, God, I, I, have you heard um, Bob Dylan uh, doing um, the, This Old Man? It was yes. a children's for AIDS album or something. Yeah, it was, it was called for, for Our Children. Uh, Bruce for Springsteen children. was on it. Little Richard was on it. Oh, Even Meryl Streep. thing was Little Richard. Itsy Bitsy Spider. Yeah, Little Richard did the Itsy Bitsy Spider, um, and uh, and Bob Dylan uh, did This Old Man. Uh, Mer- Meryl Streep did a spoken word piece on it. I had that album, yeah. Yeah, well, and then, then uh, Mellencamp did the uh, Davy Crockett tune. Anyways, I... <laughs> I what made you I've, think of this? Well, that's what I was going. What in the hell? Why did that all of a sudden pop into my head? I realized it was a, I don't, a, a rape of the 10-year-old girl. Why did that make you think of that? Children and abuse. Wasn't that thing for, like, AIDS? Children with AIDS? Oh, okay, yeah. Well, that thing was for children. Right, right, okay. I get it, I get it. Well, yeah. Um, You know, it's not a great... uh, No, that's what it made made you think of. God bless you. Look, you're... My brain said... That's okay. You look, you, you at, at risk children made you think of at risk children. I admire where your heart's at on that. I, I totally get it. I, I just do. You, do you feel that this is the this issue is going to stay in the news? Because I think this is just the first of many stories that will be happening that I our Republican stay, friends are not prepared to deal with. I think it'll stay in the news, and I think um, what needs to be uh, what is more obscene. Uh, is the these those poor people and the mother and the doctor? They're all being uh, raped again by these Republican asshole motherfucks yeah. that are uh, putting the the attorney general in the, Indiana. I think is putting a target on that doctor. I think they are too, and it's all going to blow up in their faces. Nothing illegal was done, and the vast majority of Americans, including conservative people, will be appalled by this. There are Republicans who are going to get famous for their evil and their tone deafness on this. I this story so, yeah. is not going to go away. And, uh, you know, today I, I had a moment where I'm like, wow, Democrats, you're you, you're really riding this story hard. And by this afternoon, I was like, no, they should ride this story hard. This is exactly oh. what people have been warning us about for decades. And now it's happened. And we it, better get used to a lot more horror stories like this because fucking Donald Trump got to be the president. Well, and these these people just 
the uh, these Republicans just, just instantly, uh, I mean, just trash this ten year old uh, girl and her mom yeah. and the whole. That's just obscene. And uh, just been parting, John. Um, Democrats in Wyoming vote for uh, Cross Alley and vote for uh, Cheney. Vote for Liz Cheney. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and fuck Trump that way. That's my thought. And she's yeah. deserves that. I think with, with her standing up to the Constitution and rule of law. It, and, is it an open primary state? Are Democrats allowed to vote in a Republican primary? I have no idea. I, okay. Uh, Oh, there's probably like six Democrats in Wyoming anyway. I know there's a lot of them pouring money into it. I know she's running against a bunch of twits. Um, oh, I will never lose si- I will never lose sight of the fact that Liz Cheney is very evil on oh, many, is. many subjects. I hate her on everything except this. But she's telling the truth right here, and she's yeah. fighting for the truth. And I don't, you know, look, I think this I think whole thing is... I think this whole thing, I've said it all along, has been a, a rigged game. The Republicans have a problem. They want to get rid of Donald Trump, but they want to keep his, his fan base, so they can't get rid of him, so they've got to make the Democrats get rid of them. And a few Republicans, and Liz Cheney's one of the Republicans who's helping the Democrats get rid of Mitch McConnell's Trump problem. The problem is Trump knows it, and he hates them, and he really, really might announce he's running for president and screw up the midterms for all of them by September. Well, I hope he does uh, announce that, and I think it's also he thinks, I don't know if he realizes, just running for president doesn't give you immunity. Yeah. Oh, no. Of course. But it helps with fundraising, and that's all he cares about. Exactly. I got to run, Brian. I thank you so much for the call. We got to hit a break. This is Progress. Progress.